Hey everybody and welcome to the first edition of the Sunday Soother Book Club. I am Katherine Andrews and uh, I guess it's good to do a refresher of who I am. I am a writer and coach focusing on self-acceptance, compassion, and intuition living in Washington DC. And I also write the Sunday Soother newsletter which comes out once a week. Coming back on January 12th, I've been taking a holiday break. Um, and last year, I last year, which was like four days ago, I got the idea to start a book club for the Sunday Soother community based off of some feedback that I've heard from readers. Um, I'm really interested in books that are explorations of the brain, of personal development and self-help books. And I think a lot of other people are looking for those sorts of resources out there too. And so I wanted to start um, a, like a group structure where we could read these books together and share what we learned. And so this is the very first one of these book clubs, which I hope to do monthly. And we are reading the Body Keeps the Score, um, and this is a book, uh, let me pull up a couple of notes that I wrote about this. Okay, so this is The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der Kolk. So this book is a complex exploration of the ways that trauma um, happens to us and continues to live in our body and the ways that it can actually be treated and we can learn to eventually heal from it. Um, so... I've never hosted an online book club before, so hope this is useful. But really what I want to do is I'm just going to have a video going over some of the stuff that I took away from the first part of the book that we're reading, which is part one, um, some explorations and overviews of the book. And I really wanted to go in first into, into why I um, wanted to read this book and suggested it, and, and I think probably why it resonated with many of you too. Um, first, I did want to acknowledge that the author uh, who wrote this book in 2014 and is a sort of a seminal pioneer in the field of body-mind treatment and trauma treatment and research um, has recently had some allegations of bullying and abuse uh, and employee mistreatment at his office. Um, so that's something that's, that is you know, serious and to be acknowledged. Um, I still think the book stands as one of the most influential and important books on the mind-body connection and trauma that we have out there. But I didn't want to go forward in the book club without acknowledging that I realized that this dude sounds probably, he's <laughs> probably a little problematic. Um, and that's important to acknowledge. So um, that said, the reason I wanted to read this book and I had suggested it as one of the books that the Sunday Soother Book Club could vote on. Okay, so if you have been like reading my newsletter and following me for a little bit, you know that I have taken the leap in, uh, in 2019. I left my job as um, I was a uh, director of content and I have been for many years at different organizations, basically managing teams of writers and editors to do uh, digital content, custom content, et cetera, et cetera. And I left to become a holistic, integral coach, so a life coach, somebody who helps people at moments of transitions and with issues they're facing in their life, reconnecting to their intuition, to their self-knowledge, to their trust, to their confidence, you know, to their compassion for themselves. Um, I act as a guide and a mentor and a counsel for people who are looking to work through. Um, I, I really think of the people I work with as, as having realized and woken up to the fact that they're a little bit disconnected from life and they're not really sure how they got there and they are hoping to find their way back to who they are and what's important to them and their ability to trust themselves and have compassion for themselves and make decisions with themselves. So I, uh, my coaching certification is from an organization called New Ventures West and they train you to become what's called, what they call an integral coach. 
So when I thought about like coaching, whether it's like, um, you know, life coaching or any other career coaching, I was always just like, okay, well, somebody's going to tell me what to do and like how to do it better. <laughs> and they're going to tell me in my mind, and I'm going to like read some lessons and get some ideas from them. And then I'm going to like do it better. The New Ventures West took, um, takes a very different track and it is an incredibly holistic approach to getting people back in touch with their bodies, minds, spirits, heart. So like the whole person, right? Integral. And through my year long certification in that course, I had my mind blown like wide open about the mind body connection and about the body's wisdom and also about the impact of emotions on our body. The things that I learned is that we are operating from three brains or we should be in an ideal world operating from three brains. We've got, you know, our mind, which is our literal brain. We've got our heart or our spirit or our soul, you know, whatever that inner intuition, that knowing that emotional center. And we have our gut, right? Um, which is, you know, you always have the saying, trust your gut, right? So literally the stomach and the nervous system that connects all of these centers knows so much, but we only operate from the intellectual mind. We only give credence to the intellectual mind. We think it's more powerful than anything else. And so as I went through the program, I learned about the power of, of healing through treatments of the body. Um, I learned about things like the vagus nerve, which is um, a, a giant nerve that connects basically everything from our brain to our gut and our body and how it can be like, overactivated, stimulated, and go into flight or flight, um, given um, certain traumatic events, and how it can stay in that situation for, for years after a traumatic event, and how you can't talk your way out of healing that trauma, but it can be healed through body-based treatments um, or more holistic treatments. And I, I just learned so much about this, and as I couldn't get enough. Like, to me, I have been somebody who is wildly... Uh, operating from the intellectual center and going through that course and learning how to guide my clients into connecting to their heart and gut um, was so powerful for me and it helped me do it for me too. And so I wanted to explore also the concepts of trauma, right? Because trauma, when what I became really interested in is the concept of trauma and how we define it in our society. I think we overemphasize what trauma is. Like it has to be a massive, horrible event to be considered trauma. Abuse, a horrible accident, um, you know, any sorts of, of an unphysical trauma, right? Like, you know, you've gone to a war, you have PTSD, your father abused you, you, um, you know, you're emotionally neglected, seriously neglected as a child. Like, and yes, those are trauma. But I became interested in, really in small t trauma and the way that it impacts our bodies and our minds and small t trauma. Um, I would consider, I think we all have that trauma. I think we all have trauma. Um, and trauma is so, so common as to be, you know, misidentified or ignored or neglected in our society. Um, I think trauma is anything that gives you a feeling of shame. Um, it can be trauma that was given to you from a bully in school. It can be if your parents shamed you for liking something that they didn't think that you should like. It could be not being seen as a child and having to have suppressed your emotional needs and your true authentic desires. Um, it could be, you know, a, a friendship breakup. You know, it could be a romantic breakup, right? Like all of these things to me register as trauma and we're neglecting them. And we're, since we're in this like hard, fast, you know, 
sorry, fast paced, like hard charging society. We're like, just get over it. Not that big of a deal. Meanwhile, so intellectually we're like, okay, just get over it. Not that big of a deal. Meanwhile, all that trauma is just, it's living in our bodies, right? It gets stuck in our bodies because our bodies hold on to trauma. And that is a big message of uh, this book, The Body Keeps the Score, right? Like trauma can live and manifest as, as illness, as stress, as chronic pain. Um, and it can be also healed through body-based approaches. So that's really what brought me to this book and why I found it so incredibly fascinating and, and hopeful for the way that we are going to acknowledge trauma and treat it going forward. So that said, um, the assignment for this week was just to read part one, okay? So first let me give an overview of the book that um, I think is really useful for us to remember. And um, I'm reading this from brainpickings.org. So in the body keeps the score, brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma, the author explores the quote, extreme disconnection from the body that so many people with histories of trauma and neglect experience. And he also explores the most fertile paths to recovery by drawing on his own work and a wealth of other research in three main areas of study, neuroscience, which deals with how mental processes function within the brain, developmental psychopathology, concerned with how painful experiences impact the development of mind and brain, and interpersonal neurobiology, which examines how our own behavior affects the psycho-emotional and neurobiological states of those close to us. And then there's also this really important quote, which I'm sure you'll remember if you read the first part. One does not have to be a combat soldier or visit a refugee camp in Syria or the Congo to encounter trauma. Trauma happens to us, our friends, our families, and our neighbors. Research by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has shown that one in five Americans was sexually molested as a child. One in four was beaten by a parent to the point of a mark being left on their body. And one in three couples engages in physical violence. A quarter of us grew up with alcoholic relatives and one out of eight witnessed their mother being beaten or hit. It takes tremendous energy to keep functioning while carrying the memory of terror and the shame of utter weakness and vulnerability. So, yeah, it's a lot, right? And also we have to acknowledge it because this is happening in our society. And as the author notes, uh, trauma and, and these things uh, that cause trauma, you know, family dynamics, family abuse, alcoholism, um, the constant state of war that we're in and the news cycle, it is a massive public health crisis. And so anyways... What I would like to do for part one, um, if you could in the comments is, well, first, that's just my overview of the book, right? Like, and we'll go more specifically into the details. And I thought part one was super interesting, although it's mostly looking back at um, the author's history of treatment, like how he got started, how he started to realize that like talk therapy and medication necessarily weren't the answer is also, of course, some really intense um, descriptions of PTSD from um, from veterans, uh, Vietnam War veterans, World War II veterans, you know, as he's dealing in these men's groups and, and, and working with them and starting to realize that these men are stuck in time and they can't stop unliving this trauma um, for a variety of reasons. So what I would like you guys to do for part one of the Sunday Soother Book Club, um, in the comments of this video, just go ahead and introduce yourself, right? Like, who are you? Where are you reading from? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I would also like you to 
tell us what brought you to this book. So I did a poll on this book, and this was like by far and away the most voted for book for the first month. Why did you want to read this book? You know, what is your interest in in, in trauma and the body and the mind-body connection? Um, I would love for you to share, uh, if you feel comfortable, your um, experiences with shame and trauma, you know, as a, as a child or as an adult. And I'll share one of mine at the end of, of this video to give you an example. And I'd also love to hear one takeaway from um, part one, something that you learned, a question that you have, sort of a fact that you found fascinating, right? So the idea here is to stimulate conversation and learn from one another and our different perspectives as we read this book together. Um, so my experience with trauma is, it's interesting, it's also like so close and also so far away and hard to describe because I didn't have any traditional trauma, right? I talked about the big T trauma. I grew up in a very stable family and, um, sorry, coffee break. Actually, I quit coffee. This is like some fake coffee and it's kind of disgusting. And I'm having a massive like headache withdrawal these past few days. Anyways, so I, I talk about this a lot in the Sunday see there and I think it resonates with a lot of you. I was a highly sensitive child and I'm still a very highly sensitive person. And so experiences affected me a lot as a child. Um, I also grew up in a family that was scared of a lot of things and I learned that I should be scared too. You know, I remember going to bed at night um, when I was like five or six years old worrying about like were all the doors locked because definitely like a robber was going to break in and murder my entire family, right? So that's like, it's kind of funny, but it's also like, oh my god, Catherine, like that's awful, right? Like no five-year-old should be stressed about that sort of stuff. Um, so I was constantly in a state of like emotional overload because I was so sensitive and taking so many things in and I was also so scared. And then, so I think, I think that's trauma, right? Like I, I was loved, I was supported, I was secure. Um, and yet I, I suffered this little T trauma of being extremely sensitive and not having that really acknowledged or my parents not really knowing how to deal with that. So I was like in a state of sort of heightened terror a lot of the time as a kid because I had been led to believe that things were like really scary and awful out there. Um, I also had, yeah, some other trauma that I still think I have PTSD from in, in a way. And it's not, I didn't, you know, go to war and I wasn't in an accident and I haven't been in, in any sort of relationship where I ever really received uh, physical abuse or anything like that. But my mom had breast cancer when I was 16 and that was really scary for our family because we just, we didn't know what was going to happen and it was a pretty advanced case and she ended up being fine, but that was a very sensitive time developmentally, right? Like as an adolescent and somebody who's trying to like be rebellious and like make their way in the world and their family structure could be falling apart at home. Um, and then the other trauma is I had a horrible breakup in my late twenties that left me just basically rung me out and it was like extended over the period of like nine months and there was a lot of um like struggles and gaslighting and like some emotional issues going on from both sides and the PTSD that that left on me lingered for years and you know I really tried like I went to therapy for like nine years and I talked and talked and talked and talked about all of these things and it did bring a lot of self-awareness and a lot of insight and, you know, some breakthroughs and stuff. 
But where I started my healing was like a year ago during this coaching program when I tuned into my body for the first time and started listening to to the things that were going on in my body. I reconnected to my body. I started um, expressing my vulnerability instead of shoving it down. I started understanding my trauma and the ways that it might manifest in my body and like in my stress levels and, you know, my, for me, it's like very much in my back and shoulders. Like I have muscles that are like been locked up since I was like eight years old and <laughs> neck problems, right? So I just say that like, not for pity, not for anything else. Like this is just like, and I'm doing great. Like life is great. I have a great family. I have a great boyfriend. Like these, I have a great career. And yet I have trauma that is not acknowledged as trauma, right? And I never thought to treat it in these sorts of ways. So just sharing that, you know, hopefully it'll make you feel comfortable sharing some of the stuff that you went through too, you know, any moments of shame or trauma or disconnection because those live in our bodies as well. Okay, so as a reminder, if you've made it all the way through this video, and I'll put this as a podcast out too, who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Catherine. I'm in Washington, D.C. Um, where are you reading this from? And why did you want to read this book? What drew you to it? And one takeaway from part one that you found interesting or fascinating or horrifying or breakthrough for you or just a question you wanted to ask the community. So for next week, I'll put another video like this up and we'll be having finished part two by next week. And then so this will go for five weeks, part three, part four, part five. And then we'll choose another book and we'll be reading a new book in February. So thanks for joining in. I hope you're enjoying the book and thanks for being here.